Welcome to The Encouraging Word, a podcast from Ascension Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa. In our episodes, you'll find sermons, services, and in-depth Bible studies to help you grow in your faith. If you have any questions or want to connect, reach out to us at alcwloo at mchsi.com. Thank you for joining us. So people can confidently walk out of the darkness and into the light of the grace of Jesus Christ, we offer now the encouraging word from Ascension Lutheran Church in Waterloo. Each Sunday morning, we invite you to join our Ascension family for music and messages of love and truth, which are relevant to today's troubled world. It is our firm belief that the Holy Bible is the total, inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. The Bible teaches us that prayer and repentance are two of the keys of Jesus' eternal salvation. We'll begin this morning with a congregational hymn.
first reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, beginning with the first verse. Comfort for God's people. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her, her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that, and that and she has received from the Lord hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for your God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain hill be made low, uneven ground should become level, and rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh see, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice says, cry. And I said, what shall, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fades, but the word of God will stand forever. Go on, the, go on up to the high mountains, O Zion, herald of, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not, says the city of Judah. Behold your God. Behold, the, <clears throat> the good Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young.
Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in, the, in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make His paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends the Gospel. You will hear sermons on this program based on the total unabridged Holy Scripture. Today's sermon is entitled, Comfort from God, and is presented by Pastor Matthew Fenn. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. What does comfort look like? Somebody at first service said to me, Pastor, comfort looks like a lazy boy in a nice pair of slippers. <laughs> Not that kind of comfort. What might we need to comfort someone else? When might you give comfort to someone? When we think of giving somebody comfort, our minds go towards those who are facing life's harsh realities. Maybe you think of victims of a natural disaster, or maybe families who have lost the, someone they loved, or maybe individuals who are just struggling to make ends meet, or people whose lives have been stained by some sort of trauma. Those are the kinds of things that we tend to think of when we think of giving somebody comfort. Yet the comfort that we imagine in those scenarios isn't that often physical comfort or emotional comfort. God's message in today's text from Isaiah is comfort. But God's comfort is not really about life's troubles. Surprisingly, our text talks about the comfort that God offers, and that this comfort isn't merely addressing physical or emotional pains. God commands His messengers to bring a unique comfort that will heal a deeper need. Now, what is that need? What's the comfort that God is going to give? And how does this comfort come to us? Our text from Isaiah starts in verse 1 with a command from God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Now, 
if somebody needs comfort, there has to be a reason, right? We don't comfort somebody if there is no reason. So what's the reason in this text? Why do God's people, Jerusalem or the cities of Judah, our text says, why do they need comfort? I'm going to take a page from Pastor Mike's book. Can I pause here and do a little bit of history? (laughs) Okay, good. Just in the previous chapter that leads up to this one, we get just a a tiny hint. In uh, verse 7, it says that Babylon will come and... um, and everything shall be taken away, and that the king's sons will be eunuchs. (laughs) So that's that's harsh. What did they do to to merit such a harsh thing? 2 Chronicles chapter 36 gives us a nice summary. I'm going to read it to you. All the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which He had consecrated in Jerusalem. And the Lord, God of their fathers, sent warnings to them by His messengers, rising up early and sending them, because He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised His words, and scoffed at His prophets. And so that chapter goes on to say that Jerusalem was conquered and thoroughly destroyed by the Babylonian Empire. It took place in 587 B.C. The leaders and a large chunk of the people were marched off into exile in Babylon. The kingdom was gone. The temple, the very place where God dwelt, where the praises of Israel went, ascended into heaven, was thoroughly destroyed. God's people were enslaved. They were exiled. They did not see any possible relief because their sin had been so great. So Isaiah in chapter 40 is addressing a wounded and broken people. The remnant of Judah is exiled in Babylon. They need to hear this message because they are tempted to think that God had abandoned them, forsaken them, wanted nothing more to do with them because their sins were so bad. Do you need to hear that message? Are your sins sometimes too much for you? Maybe... You just can't get a break from your sin. You you sin, you you pray to God to, to have mercy on you, forgive you, and then 10 seconds later, what do you do? The same thing you just prayed to be forgiven of, right? It happens. And you just can't break free. Does it feel like sometimes God's forsaken you? Because how could He love someone who's so full of sin? Have you felt that way? God yearns that His crushed people, humbled and broken by their sin, would have comfort, would have hope when all hope fell seems gone. 
So the first point of comfort comes in verse 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned. You see, what the wounded and broken people of Israel need to hear most is that God calls them my people. Comfort my people, says your God. God continues to identify Himself as Judah's God even though they had abandoned Him. God didn't overlook their sin. He didn't ignore it. It had consequences. But they still need to know that God never abandoned them. God still intends to have a future with them together. So God comforts His people by announcing that their iniquity is pardoned. That they have the forgiveness of their sins. Forgiveness means that they have been acquitted. They've been atoned for. They've been released from their debt and not because they had the ability to pay it off either. The penalty for Israel's sin was paid even though Israel and Judah could not do anything to make amends for their false worship. They spent 70 years in exile. And 70 years in exile is certainly not long enough to pay for a thousand years of false worship, is it? So what happened? God tells Isaiah to speak tenderly to Jerusalem, to assure her that her time of military service is over. And that she has received double from the Lord's hands. These sinners have received forgiveness from the Lord's hands. It's a free gift offered to them. Instead of receiving what their sins deserve, they receive a double portion of good things, of atonement, forgiveness. Now, dear brothers and sisters, this applies to you. Despite your sins, God still cares for you. Isaiah does not promise that the consequences for our sins will go away magically. He doesn't deny the brokenness that our sin brings into the world. But he gives you a declaration from God. One that you might find hard to imagine sometimes. Just like Judah's sins sent them into exile, away from God's presence, so your sins separate you from God. And yet, despite your sins, God still considers you part of His people. He still loves you and cares for you. God continues to bless you with good things, even though you don't deserve it. God is in the business of comforting His people. And He offers you the full, complete forgiveness of all of your sins. But what atonement has been offered? How can God freely forgive us our sins when our sins are just so great? It brings us to our second point, which you'll find in verses 3 through 5. Isaiah says that God is coming. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God is coming. He's coming to dwell with His people. He is returning to Jerusalem to dwell with them as their God. Now, returning means He left. You see, God used to dwell in the temple, in, the, in Jerusalem, in the Holy of Holies, between the cherubim. And Ezekiel the prophet, on the evening before Babylon destroyed the temple, gets this vision of the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. God packed up his bags and left. That's how bad their sin was. And yet, God has forgiven Israel. And that means he's going to come and dwell among his people again. Nothing will stop God from coming back. Valleys will be filled. Mountains will be leveled. Highways paved. Just like Isaiah says, nothing will stop God from returning. How do you think that happened? When, did Isaiah, when does this prophecy get fulfilled? Certainly those exiles got to go home. That's true. But it happens, it's fulfilled, when John the Baptist prepares the way of Jesus. John came into the wilderness and said, prepare the way of the Lord. John levels mountains by accusing the Pharisees of self-righteousness. And he raises valleys by telling repentant sinners that there's a Savior who is coming. And that Savior who is coming is Jesus. In Jesus, God's glory has been revealed for all flesh to see. Jesus, in Jesus, the glory of God is veiled in human flesh. You see that in Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Lord God Almighty in the flesh. Literally returning to His temple. And He came. Not to throw your sins in your face or to shame you for what you've done. No, He came to give you comfort. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through Him. In Jesus, Isaiah's message of comfort takes shape for you. The reason that Judah can go home from exile and that the temple could be rebuilt. The reason why you can have comfort and the assurance that your sins are forgiven is because of Jesus. Your iniquity is pardoned because Jesus pardoned you. Because He's your sacrifice. You can be comforted because Christ went through the greatest discomfort on your behalf. He was led bound so that you might be set free. Christ, your King, gave up His life on the cross to save you. His sacrificial death is in your behalf. And His resurrection means the death of death itself. The power of sin in your life is broken. Death is vanquished. Your hard service to sin is over. Your debt has been paid for. Your obligation has been satisfied all paid with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And this is nothing that you have deserved. You have not done anything at all. You still yet deserve God's present and eternal punishment. But instead, you are free. 
released, forgiven. All debts paid, all charges dropped. And on top of that, God Himself has returned. He came and dwelt among us. He returned by virgin mother, crib and cross. And He will come in glory to raise the dead and to bring life to a new creation and make all things new. And what assurance do you have that this will happen? You see this in verses 6-12. through But notice verse 7 and 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand forever. Ah, there it is. The Word of our God. God speaks, and it's so. The Word is the event itself. God said, let there be light, and light there is. That's how the Word works. And that Word is the prophetic and apostolic Scriptures. Your Holy Bible. It is God's Word. And it's a Word that you can count on. God's Word is sure and it's certain. And it will not fail you. And this Word, the message of these Scriptures, speaks to you today and tells you that there's comfort for you. And God is always kept His Word. You can see the fulfillment of God's promises throughout Scripture. Jesus is the one promised in Eden who will crush the head of the serpent. He is Abraham's seed through whom all the nations will be blessed. He's the Savior born of the house and lineage of David as foretold. He's Isaiah's suffering servant who was bruised for our iniquities and by whose stripes we are healed. When everything else fails and fades. When everything around you crumbles to dust, God's Word remains. And it guarantees you that there is comfort and forgiveness for you. You have a God that you can trust. You have a God who gives you hope. You have a God who comes to you. And He comes in strength and might. But His strength is wrapped in gentleness. He uses His strength to give you the comfort that you need. He comes as your shepherd, as the good shepherd. Here is a God who comes to feed His flock, to scoop up little lambs into His arms, to lead the mother sheep. He comes as the good shepherd with goodness and mercy so that you may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as you hear God's Word read and proclaimed and taught, that is the very voice of God offering you comfort. God comes near to you. He dwelt in the temple. He was born of a virgin and crucified under Pontius Pilate. And the same Almighty God dwells among us by word and spirit and water and bread and wine. This message, this comfort and forgiveness, this liberation and freedom from Satan's sin and death is preached today from every pulpit that's still faithful to Christ. God comforts His people. He comforts you through every baptismal font from this very communion rail. The glory of the Lord is here. The very Word of God is a highway which God uses to comfort you in Christ. So your comfort is sure. Your forgiveness is certain. It will happen. 
because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, may the word that we have heard with our ears pass from our ears to our hearts, from our hearts to our lips, from our lips to our lives, that as you have promised, your word may achieve the purpose for which you sent it, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are happy you have chosen to worship with the Ascension family on this Sunday morning. It is our prayer that the Holy Spirit will empower our services on this station to be a source of inspiration and encouragement each week. Ascension Lutheran at the corner of Green Hill Road and Maynard Avenue in Waterloo is a growing Bible-believing and caring Lutheran congregation, a member of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Our Sunday worship schedule includes a traditional Lutheran service at 8.30 and a contemporary service at 11 o'clock. Sunday School for All Ages is at 9.45. A video of our services are available at our website, ascensionwaterloo.com. That is A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N-W-A-T-E-R-L-O-O.com.